With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Off-season program continues phase two for the Cincinnati Bengals. I was really surprised today. Not not a bad way. I think it's it's awesome because one of their leaders in the wide receiver room, Tyler Boyd, showed up. And there were some images from some of the beat writers there. And I think they said, oh, Zach Taylor was, was pre- pleasantly surprised to see Tyler Boyd when he was walking on the practice field. And, you know, he pretty much said, hey, I miss these guys. I wanted to be back. 87 of 89 players on this roster. They were in attendance today at Paycor Stadium. Cheeto Ouzier, he wasn't there, but he was there last week. Obviously, he's rehabbing the ACL injury. Jonah Williams wasn't there. Still feel like he's going to be there for the mandatory stuff. But um, but I'm just extremely impressed over the last three years, honestly, last three off seasons, to be completely honest with this whole team when it comes to these voluntary workouts and, and just seeing these guys show up. Yeah, and this is another year in a row that they basically everybody to the voluntary workouts. Cheeto obviously recovering with the ACL injury. And uh, Jonah Williams is not there because he's going to show up for mandatory stuff, just like Jesse Bates last year. So he'll be the one whenever they get down to that part where it's like one person's not there and you'll know who it is because it was the same last year with uh, Jesse Bates. As long as he's there for mandatory. And um, I guess my one issue with the Jonah Williams thing is he should probably be getting a lot of practice in on the right side since he might have to make that switch. But all things considered, it's kind of expected. Yeah, um, Yeah, I just think it's great to have such high attendance. I don't, I'm not enough of a degenerate to know, like do other teams around the league, do they get 98% or so of their guys to show up for uh, all voluntary stuff? I have no idea. I think you could look around the league at a lot of teams and I want to say Justin Jefferson isn't there. And obviously this is a contract off season for him. You know, that stuff is extremely important. That's why I'm still surprised and in a great way that you have CT Higgins out there, um, mm-hmm. that he's been there for the majority of this off season program because he wants to be with the team. And like this team feels it's free practice. You, you want to get these reps in and, and Zach really kind of, has a set schedule for these guys. And I think the players admire that communication that their head coach has with them when it comes to how these practices and the planning goes. And it's important when you're one of the top teams in the AFC to see that. But I think if you were to go around the whole entire league, there are plenty of big name players 
that that haven't showed up yet. I'm not putting Jonah Williams in that category, but overall, I think for attendance wise, um, the the Cincinnati Bengals have one of the top numbers when it comes to the turnout for it. Because a lot of players, look, it's a business. Um, even Joe Burrow said a, a couple weeks ago, and we, when we hear from him, we'll, we'll probably hear from him again when he gets to a training camp or maybe the extension time. He said it's a business. He gets it. You know, he felt the same way with Jesse Bates last year. None of that stuff. I, I don't look too. I don't look too much into. I know that social media likes to make it a bigger deal than what it is. Like, oh, Jonah Williams, not a team player. Well, yeah, he is an out. <laughs> yeah, it's just we, it's, yeah, we're sitting at a point of the season or the off season where it's like, okay, we're counting down the days until training camp, preseason right around the corner, and then we get regular season. It's 100 days until the season starts. So, yes, every single day we're trying to come up with something new, and, and I, I just don't think too much of it. I think Jonah will be there. But I think you do have a good point. Look, he's more than likely. Would I be surprised if it's Jackson Carmen? I, I would be shocked if it's Lyle Collins, even though the, that video from last week of him moving was – incredible i'd be shocked if he's starting week one of the season just because that's a crazy turnaround time but hey i'd be all for it um but i think what jonah he does you know he needs to get those reps in and, and he'll be there for the mandatory stuff that happens in about two weeks uh they'll have that at paycor stadium for a couple weeks and then they'll go off until their break until they hit the field for training camp so that stuff's going to be important um you know when it comes to o-line depth and and what the rotation of that looks like but yeah i think it's it was pretty cool to see tv back out there and and you know he says he gets those locker room interviews are my favorite because he says he says how he feels. And, you know, he even brought up, hey, if I would have been out there, we, we would have won that. We would, you know, probably had a better shot of winning the AFC championship game like we've talked about, um, you know, brings up just great points. And, and people ask, you know, you know, you get Charlie Jones drafted. A lot of people say he plays the same position as you. And he's like, this is my home right now. And, and just kind of embracing his role. And I have no doubt that Tyler Boyd is taking Charlie Jones under his wing and just being the leader that he is. And that's what's so incredible about him. And I'm so pumped that these rookies will get to see Tyler Boyd, even though they've been working with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. But that's going to be awesome. If this is the last year for Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, I just I hope I hope this is this is finally the year that they can get a ring because he's done so much for this team ever since he was drafted here. Yeah, send him out on top and then just be like, you know, we got you that ring. Now stay away yep. from uh Buffalo and Kansas City. And Pittsburgh. Don't go to it, Pittsburgh. It is his home. I feel a little bit better which maybe is blasphemy to some people, so I shouldn't say it. I wouldn't feel as bad if he went to Pittsburgh as I would Kansas City and Buffalo. It just could have been like, well, I guess he wanted to go home, you know, see, be close to the family and everything like that. But uh, I also don't know if he'd want to go to Pittsburgh. It doesn't seem like – I don't think he would. Seem like I mean, it's obviously would. wherever the money is you're going to go. Not to sure. say that all players yeah. are like that, but hey, go get that bag. Um, and it would be it would be a homecoming for him, but I, he just feels like someone who wouldn't he wouldn't want to go play for the Steelers. He's just said things that like uh, mm-hmm. like um, after that one game where he said Pittsburgh gave up. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, uh, maybe he's fine. Maybe maybe <laughs> all it's all forgiven with some money. <laughs> uh, but uh, my first thought was uh, he talks a lot of smack on them for maybe that's like his. I don't know if it. It probably was, but I don't know if it was his childhood team, but maybe, you know, he just feels a little extra about that because they did have a chance to draft him and they skipped it. Mm-hmm. So uh, some guys take that a little bit more personally, like you should have taken me and I'm going to show you why. And then you know, that develops into like a little chip on the shoulder. So, you know, there's plenty of options in the NFC to look at. Uh, man, 
Philly went first to mind, but I'm like, I don't know if I love that. <laughs> like when the Bengals would have to play him in the Super Bowl. It's better mm-hmm. than anything else, though. Hey, go to Philly. You know, that's still in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's not too far. Uh, but yeah, no, I I mean the writing's probably on the wall about this being his last year, unless Charlie Jones isn't the product we all think he probably is. Then um Look, it's been a great run. I I think he's been an awesome player, and you do hope, as you said, send him out on top. And hopefully, not just a ring. Hopefully, this is the year that all three hit a thousand. Hoping for a lot of uh, health with that because that's the main issue. Yeah, no, that would be absolutely incredible. But uh, but yeah, just good, good, good vibes. Everybody seems to be having a really good time over at uh, their off season program. I always want to call it training camp, but they're not there yet. They're not even at mandatory camp yet. And a lot of people have to remember that. That's why that's pretty incredible because all this stuff is very voluntary. Um, you do not have to be there. But like Zach Taylor has said in the past, this is like free practice for these guys. They're getting these reps in, and it's important getting ready for the 2023 season. Zach Taylor talked to the media today and just kind of his championship mindset. I think whenever you hear from Zach Taylor, it's always refreshing because he doesn't say things just to say them. It's just really important, informative stuff that I always enjoy hearing. And you talked about Joe Mixon, more support with Joe Mixon. This is just pointing in the direction that Joe Mixon is going to be their running back. I would be shocked if he wasn't their running back come September. Um, but any other takeaways from from the just day of offseason program? Not really. Uh, I will say about the Joe Mixon thing is just we agree he is very, very much likely to be the starting running back and probably 50 plus percent of the carries or at least of the snaps. So all of that considered, when you're doing your like your fantasy football draft, if it doesn't change, I think he's pretty low. For, for what that is. Uh, I was trying to look it up real quick where they have him just because I was curious because I think they ranked him as if, you know, Zeke was signing and he was possibly a cut candidate. That'll probably change whenever you get closer. But currently behind Jameer Gibbs in Detroit as the 21st running back ranked. So smash it for fantasy. I know you, you can only go up. When I, you can you can only go up and, and honestly and maybe maybe here I'm all for this situation. Here's how I want everything to play out. I love health. I want everyone to stay healthy. But here's the scenario with three people. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Jonah Williams is gonna play his face off at right tackle, mm-hmm. and this is his last year with the Cincinnati Bengals. Gonna go get the bag. Tyler Boyd gonna play his face off in the wide receiver room. Maybe his last year in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon going to have himself a year on the ground. Joe Mixon will be back for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is what might happen there with that part. But, uh, just, probably at a discount, where, probably. I don't think hey, the market's... Not, not a problem. Place. I'm totally fine with it, but I want all of that stuff to happen. I want Tyler Boyd to have himself a year, and I want everyone to stay healthy in the meantime. But Jonah Williams, have a great year, right tackle. Joe Mixon, bounce back here. Get healthy right now. It seems great. Everything seems to be going really well when it comes to workouts and everything like that. I know it's been a really bumpy offseason for Joe Mixon. Um, and we don't know what that's going to look like when it comes to the season. You know, if there's any, I don't even know, like, legal suspension or anything like that. So I'm not going to speak on what that outcome is going to be for him. But um, overall, I, I, I'd, I'd be 
I'd love to see a bounce back for all that conversation we've had about Joe Mixon and maybe they were going to be cutting him or, you know, he wasn't going to start and he was going to land somewhere else. Have they had the discussions about a pay cut? We don't know if that stuff is, is finalized or if any of that stuff is happening behind the scenes when it's going to be final. Um, I would think that those discussions um, continued because they did start, but um yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. But yeah, everyone seems really down as far as fantasy football and all of that stuff when it comes to Joe Mixon. And I'm I'm here for him to just bounce back and get a run game going and, and maybe Chase Brown. What's Chase Brown going to look like with this offense if we see Joe Mixon from two years ago? I've been saying it. I think he is a spark guy. I think he's a guy you put in there when you need a spark. He has home run capabilities that nobody else on the team has at running back. Uh <clears throat> I think it's more so like you spell Mixon for a drive and it's a drive that, you know, maybe the last one just completely stalled out. You couldn't get anything moving and you're just, come on, go get us, you know, like if we can block this up, we might have an explosive play and they were low in explosive play rate last year. And there's more factors than that than just the running backs, but that was a, that was a factor to it. You know, Mixon and P Ryan, neither one's the fastest guy. Uh, So, and what did Chase Brown do great at Illinois when a play got blocked up? He had home run capability. You know, he could take it for 80 yards and a touchdown. So that's what I would look at is just he's a guy you're going to throw in there and try to get a spark, try to get an explosive play, just something along those lines. No idea how it's going to be as the passing down role. It seems like that's Travion Williams in the inside track. I don't think it's impossible for Chase Brown to take that role, but he needs to get a little bit better at some of the things that come with pass protection. Great mind, not great technique. Uh, but if you can get better at that, you know, we're looking at maybe I think your best case scenario is Nixon's your 1A and he is completely the P Ryan, but with a lot of juice and not just very reliable. Yeah, I, I'm I I can't wait to see what that looks like. But yeah, Travion, I can see him. I they're gonna carry three running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done it before. And, will and they overall, carry four? Who's Chris Evans? Who I, oh, is he gone? I keep forgetting about Chris Evans. I just don't know. I don't even. Chris Evans is obviously there. He's yeah. part of the eighty-seven. I just we don't hear about him at all. No. I, I, like no, I think he played more snaps at wide receiver last year than he did running back, and neither one was very much. It was like fifteen. What game was it? The Kansas City Chiefs game when he had that catch, and we never saw him again. The only thing I remember second. is that they threw a slot fade to him in the Dolphins game while I was there, and I was befuddled that you did that to a five foot nine running back. It didn't work. It didn't. He had one catch and we never saw him again. Um, I remember, I mean, he's, he's still present, but we just, we, I, I want to say it was a Kansas City game, but I could be I'm wrong. I'm going to try to find and, it for you real quick. You need to find it for me. And it just was like, okay, that was it with Chris Evans. And, uh, and I just, I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like. And, you know, could they hide Chris Evans on the practice squad? I don't know what another team say. Let's see. Let's roll the dice and see what Chris Evans can do in our running back room. I know he never really worked on Cincinnati, but the potential's there. Um, but yeah, they they do like to carry the running backs, man. They really do like to carry as many as possible. So maybe they do go for and they're just like, all right, Chris Evans, this is we're gonna see what this looks like. Maybe this is your last year in Cincinnati, but we'll we'll see what it will add you as the fourth running back. But now I'm intrigued to find out if it's if it was the Kansas City game and it's gonna bother me. Yeah, great call. 
He had an eight-yard touchdown catch in the Kansas City game, and I did not remember that. No, we never saw him again. Never saw him again. No, he played uh, just special teams and then was completely inactive for the playoffs. He was inactive for the playoffs. See, I didn't mm-hmm. even catch that. Yeah, he wasn't. In, he wasn't active for any of the three playoff games. Uh, nope, inactive all three. He played. Actually, he was inactive for the last two games of the season too. New England, Baltimore, but he was on special teams for the Tampa game. Made a yeah. tackle. That's well. It doesn't seem like the arrows pointing up. I know a lot of people love him. There's fans that are like, you know, rabid about Chris Evans, and I kind of get the idea where it's like, you know, the athleticism, you know, the excitement, the pass catching. This is a lot of like the ooh. Imagine this running back that can run like a receiver when he split outside. But then this is also where I come from, where I'm like, that's a lot of that's just theory. It's so much theory because these coaches don't care. <laughs> they, they're not going to use them. They'll just go, I want a wide receiver to do that. Um, and they tried it. They tried it more than I thought they would. That slot fade against the Dolphins was an insane decision. They went back shoulder, I think, to the five foot nine running back. <laughs> I was like, put a wide receiver there. You'll probably catch it. And I do want to say this. One of the things we don't know, we don't know what happens at practice. We don't know what happened behind behind the scenes or how they feel about, you know, special teams players and other guys that were like, why is this guy not getting a shot? I mean, obviously the coaches are going to see them more at practice and maybe they're just not not seeing it at practice. Um, so they gave him a big shot in the Super Bowl, by the way, and he messed it up. He had a touchdown. Um, it was Oh man, I hate to bring it up all the time. Rail route, Ooh. which is like a wheel route, a little bit tighter, and he mm-hmm. runs right into the linebacker and gets knocked off his course, and the ball just sail. If he just ran, he had so much space to the outside. If he just widened mm-hmm. out a little bit and avoided the linebacker, it was like a sixty-yard explosive, super exciting touchdown. But instead, he gets he lets himself get hit, and uh, the ball just goes into the ground. Not to make this hurt anymore. When was that? Um, what part of the game? Oh man, I think the third quarter. Like it wasn't early. It, it might have been. They could have gone up a couple scores. Maybe second quarter. It was. It was still pretty tight. Uh, well, the game was tight the entire time, basically. Yeah, it I, was. I don't remember. I think it was later in the game because it felt like the offense was stalled out, and that would have been like the oasis in the desert of what was happening because the Rams were destroying the Bengals' offensive line. Uh, they made those adjustments at halftime. Not to let's not talk too much about the Super Bowl, but you know, the Rams made a lot of good adjustments, and they started stomping the Bengals' offense. And there was this play. And he just let himself get hit. I think it was a third down too. Like they had to punt after. We talked about the Rams more on this podcast than I think I've ever had, like as far as the Rams team in general since the Super Bowl loss, because wow. We're all getting ready for Monday night football against the Rams. Yeah. They're going to show all those highlights just to make everybody feel great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that makes me really bummed. I'm sorry, Chris Evans, that, uh, that's unfortunate. I probably could have saved his, his time in Cincinnati oh, even longer. That is one of those like butterfly effect things. Like if he widens out, catches that and runs it for a touchdown, is, is he like getting is 20, he- 30% of the snaps the next year, at least to start until he could mess things up or something. But the, the staff already seemed to have that negative opinion last year. <laughs> And then that happens, and I don't think he's seen the field much since. All right. Well, we're going to move on. 
we are going to move on because I know all of that stuff. Everybody really loves to relive those moments in one of the biggest games of the Cincinnati Bengals career. Uh, but we'll move on to other topics on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Cincinnati.